Today's reading is taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 to 15, and this is found on page 1164 of the Church Bibles. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians chapter 9, starting at verse 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Sarah, for reading uh, that text for us. Uh, good morning to you, church. It's so exciting to be here today for us all to consider uh, the topic of the day. My name is Emmanuel Bakey, curate. Unlike some of you, uh, or most of you, I grew up in an Anglican tradition uh, of course, not in this nation, in Nigeria, where they talked a lot about money. And I mean it. So much that even as a kid, then I could tell that the adults in the church had had enough of being asked to give and give and give. When contrasted to the UK, where we are today, you will agree with me that money is less talked about. But you will be surprised, and I hope excited, to hear that money and possession are the second most referenced topic in the Bible. And amazingly, money is mentioned more than 800 times. So, welcome to gift day. A day that the Lord has made when we get to celebrate his generosity to us whilst having the opportunity 
to, as a church, to serve God with our resources. Not just today, but every day of our life. As you can see, I'm so excited about this. And if you ask a Nigerian to preach on giving and money, then blame John at the end of the service. If I keep you here all day, let us pray. God, thank you for uniquely creating us to serve you. We want to use the gifts you have given us to bless you and your people. We want to be faithful managers of all that you entrust to us. So please show us how to use our talents, time, and treasure to serve others and glorify your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. Why stewardship? Why stewardship? Some important parables in the Bible shape our understanding of stewardship. Jesus took delight in making an example of stewards. We need to know that managing our life and resources is one of the ways that God disciples us and grows us up spiritually. Being a good steward actually accelerates your growth into kingdom matters. Before we proceed any further, we need to establish some foundational truths here. And the first is, God does not need your money. That may be surprising to you. For the psalmist tells us in Psalm chapter 24, verse 1, that the earth is the Lord's and everything in the world and all who live in it. As creator and owner, God doesn't need anything. He alone is self-sufficient. He alone is self-existent. But we are God's stewards, managing his resources on his behalf. Stewards don't own what is entrusted to them. They simply manage it on behalf of the owner. This was the mandate given to Adam and Eve. Stewardship was explained by Jesus in his teaching about the kingdom of heaven in Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 to 30. Jesus told a parable that drew from his listeners' familiarity with owner-steward relationships in their day. And briefly, a wealthy man was going, to, was going away, and he called some of his servants and committed to them talents. To one, he gave five talents. The, to the second one, he gave two talents. And the third one, he gave one talent. And after a while, he came back. And they, they had to give an account of what they did with those talents. 
And this parable actually emphasizes in many ways that the role of a steward is that of a servant who manages his owner's assets for the latter's benefit. If you go back, read that passage, and you will notice that even though the one with five talents had more than the one with two, both received the same blessing. He said to them, well done, because the one with five made five more, the one with two made two more. So he said to them, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Watch this. While the two servants were concerned with their master's affairs, the third man was solely concerned with himself. He didn't want to be bothered with caring for his master's resources. To apply this, you need to realize that Jesus is your king, and he expects you to live faithfully with a kingdom agenda. Live today with a future orientation, knowing that one day, yes, one day, he will call you by name to settle accounts. The owner expects his stewards to multiply the assets entrusted to them. We must do no less in our management of the resources that God has entrusted into our care. This includes all of creation, our time, our treasure, and our talents. Sisters and brothers, I cannot overemphasize this point. And James helps to shape it better for us in chapter 1, verse 17, saying, every good gift and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights. So God has been generous to us, just as he provided for Adam and Eve and for their needs, he also provides for us. We have been blessed. And whether it is with much or with little, we are called to steward the resources we have been given. God's generosity of necessity invites a response from us, first of thankfulness and then giving back, not just treasure, but ourselves. Jesus commends that poor widow in Mark chapter 12, verse 41 to 44, who put more into the treasury than all the other people who gave out of their wealth. She gave all that she had. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, which has just been read to us, Paul gives us 10 reasons to give generously. The first point 
given is a response to God's gift to you. I'm going to apologize. This slide actually was supposed to be with animation. I'm sure many of you have heard about animation. Since I'm perhaps the least qualified in the, in the, in the staff team, I thought I would be impressing them today with animation. So, but it hasn't worked out well. But preach I must today. So just ignore the, all the points. Just listen to the first, first and then second, okay? I was going to impress you, but I, I failed. But my, my little skills, I'm giving it to God today. So giving is a response, is a response to God's gift to you. In verse 14, we will, not, we will not read those verses again, but I will paraphrase them for you. Verse 14 and 15. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because you have, you have given in response to God's amazing grace. That is the surpassing grace God has given you, meaning his indescribable gift mediated by Christ. Remember John 3.16. 3, Two, giving is the best investment you can make. Since God doesn't need anything to accomplish his will, our offerings to him accomplish a different purpose, to build our faith. Committing in advance to give a specific percentage of your gross income back to God demonstrates faith in his provision. And I'm so grateful that the exercise we had earlier today where we all came forward helps us to kind of put this into practice. Thinking in advance, planning in advance what we can do. Faith, when we acknowledge that we are God's stewards and that he will meet our true needs, we demonstrate that faith, we demonstrate that faith by giving back to him. It takes faith to trust that God will meet our needs in this fragile global economy with so many negative predictions. Like the harvest, given is planting seed. A farmer must reserve some of the crop to use as a seed for another year. If he were to eat all the harvest, he will soon become destitute, isn't it? Instead, he must exercise faith that God will continue to provide by planting some of the seed into the ground. The farmer will reap far more than what was sown, verse 6. This applies to everything in life. We reap what we sow. What you give to the Lord, he multiplies. Your time, talents, and treasure. Three, point number three. Given should be voluntary and cheerful. And I think I've seen great joy in this house today, and I want to enthuse you to continue to be that. 
because our joy is not really dependent on how far our bank accounts are, but the generosity of God keeps us here and continues to support, you know, it continues to bless us in many ways. So giving should be voluntary and cheerful. For giving takes away the burden of financial worry. It does not mean handing over financial responsibility to God, but it does mean handing over the worry to God. Five, given enriches you. When God invites you to give, he appeals not just to your emotions, but also to your reason. Materially, you will have enough to give away, verse 11, and your character will be enriched, verse 10. Point number six, given transforms your character. Paul speaks of the harvest of your righteousness in verse 10. Given purges the character from the constricting grip of materialism that destroys life. Material things will eventually vanish, but they can be invested to reap eternal dividends. To be clear, material things are not inherently evil. They have a place, but we qualify that place to be a place that is temporary and limited. We must not make the accusation of material things the primary goals of our lives. And Proverbs quickly gives us wisdom in chapter 25, verse 20, chapter 23, verse 5. Cast but a glance at riches, it says, and they are gone. So they can be, they can develop wings and fly away. The wise steward, however, realizes that he has the opportunity and duty to manage God's temporary resources. In a way that increases, in a way that increases God's eternal glory. And in his grace, God also benefits us and others when we invest temporal resources in things of eternal value. Seven, given. Thank you. I think we're there. Thank you. Okay. Given inspires others. It will result in thanks given to God and people will praise God, verse 11b to 13a. Eight, point number eight, given meets people's needs. It blesses other people and supplies the needs of God's people, verse 12. Point number nine, given makes you a stakeholder in the church. Paul speaks of your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. As you share in the needs of the community, you reap the benefits of that community. 
For example, every time someone comes to know Christ through the community, you share in the blessing. And finally, point number 10. Given is evidence of real faith. Generous given is an act of obedience which accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ. Verse 13. Given is also an act of trust. In doing it, you are saying that it is God, not yourself or anyone else, who ultimately provides for your needs. You'll be glad we can talk about conclusion now. Life is a gift. And so also is salvation. Perhaps this talk today will only become meaningful to you if you yourself have become a child of God, trusting in the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, which was shed on the cross to cleanse you and save you. We do not always get it right, as you can see from my IT skills. But by the enabling power of the Holy Spirit in us, Jesus fulfills for us our stewardship by the grace and strength he provides. Will you trust him? Let us pray. Thank you, Father, for this amazing opportunity that we have as your body here today to celebrate the abundance that you've given us. And thank you for calling us out to be your people who will not only receive, but will be eager to give back, to support your work. Father, help us as we have made commitments that as we go back, we will continue to remember that you are the giver of all things and that our hearts will be set on fire to do that which is right. Thank you, Father. Blessed be thy name. Amen.